transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is the Brazil effect. Is a severe flu season coming our way? My guest is Dr. Christopher J. Harrison. Dr. Harrison is the director of Infectious Disease Research Laboratory and director of the Vaccine and Treatment Evaluation Unit. He's also professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Harrison, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So in an article that I read that was published by you, I got this stat from April to May 2016. Brazil immunized 49 million people yet have reported um, 1,233 deaths. And I know that's been updated to close to 1,500 now. What does that mean to you? What exactly is the Brazil effect? Well, we don't know what the Brazil effect is, but this phenomena arose in Brazil where for a number of years the H1N1, and, and listeners will remember that that's the pandemic strain that we all got excited about in 2009, has been the major strain causing influenza in Brazil. But the number of deaths has been in the 50 to 120 range for four to five years. And then this year, for some reason, there's 1,500 deaths. And we don't think that it's something that we can explain based on simply how many have been vaccinated versus not vaccinated. So there must be something different going on in Brazil to lead to that. Luckily, the Brazil influenza season has died down just in time for the Olympics, but it's still a concern that this death rate has increased despite what we know about the virus maybe not changing and increased efforts to vaccinate. Yeah, so I actually have, so from your article, again, um, you quoted that, uh, at, at least at the time you wrote the article, there were over 1,200 deaths this year in Brazil so far, and I think that was through July, uh, was, was that stat, versus only 163 from, you know, last year, which was a mild year for the Southern Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere. Um, but it does seem that H1N1, um, which has been, I think, um, implemented in most of the, the severe infections, the hospitalization and the deaths, um, is, is more severe. I mean, what, what, what do you think is going on there? Are, are, are we not, is it the vaccine? Is it the actual strain? What's your opinion? Well, as you said, 80% of the severe hospitalizations and deaths attributed uh, to influenza in Brazil have been the H1N1 pandemic strain as the cause. And you'd think after six years in the vaccine that we'd have most of our population immune either from the vaccine or just from the virus going around year after year. So there is something different. And the concern, there's two concerns. One is, has the virus changed in some way that the vaccine-induced immunity is not as effective this year, at least in Brazil? Or has there been some fatigue, so to speak, of the immune systems in the herd from repeated vaccination. There is some evidence that if you give the same vaccine over and over and over, you get less effect from that vaccine at some point uh, because the antigens in the vaccine actually get tied up by the antibody you already had, and so you don't get that nice little boost you're looking for to begin the season. So it could be either of those things. We don't have sequence data to know whether the virus itself has mutated, if you want to use that word, but it means that we need to be vigilant this coming season to see if we're going to have a rebound 
from last year's mild year, as you mentioned, to a more severe year. Uh, and it's, the Brazil effect is keep your eyes open because it happened there. It could happen here. That's so. A couple of things uh, that that I find interesting. So the first one, let's talk about sequencing. You know, the the H one N one that is in Brazil right now. Is the CDC trying to make efforts to do that? I, they usually do that post hoc, meaning that uh, it's not something you during seasons. And I don't have specific personal information to know that they're doing it right now. But my uh, guess would be that any time you have this uptick in disease that they're looking into the cause, that would be one of the first things to do. You have to find the what you think is the most representative strain to start doing that kind of thing. So I don't really have any information to give you on that. I'm sorry. So, okay, let's talk then about the vaccine itself. So you said something interesting there, too. Um, so we've had the H1N1 uh, in the current vaccine for six years now, correct? So is that a concern, or, or is is it better to not include the same strain every year? Should we be rotating the years with these strains that we know are out there? What's your opinion on that? Oh, I think you have to. Uh, there are people who are much smarter than me about this stuff, so I, I don't want to step on the CDC's toes too much here. But I think what you, you're saying is if we get less effect from repeated use, would that be a reason to, to not use it for right, years? Right. There's not enough data to get us to that point yet, but but what we have seen is that in some years that especially populations who are not the most responsive to vaccines, say the, the youngest and the oldest, do not perhaps get as big uh, a protective response if you use the same one year after year. And there's, there's uh, a, that's one of those things that's under investigation, but we aren't to the point where you'd want to make a public health decision about that. You really want to line up the vaccine to match what's coming through, because we've seen what happens in a mismatch here. You can remember uh, in the past two years ago when we had a mismatch and really had a really big uptick in disease related to that mismatch. So when we look at the the number of deaths in Brazil right now, you gave me an updated number of um, 1,500 or so. Um, what's the what's the average um, age in that in in, in those deaths? Um, I know that, and I ask that because in two thousand and nine, H one N one, we saw a number of hospitalization and even deaths in some younger um, young adults, for instance. Um, and we attributed that to um, what what we now call what the cytokine storm, um, where there was such a, a massive immune response in these young kids or young adults to the virus, uh, it was causing problems. Do we know if that's what's going on in Brazil right now with these 1,500 deaths? It doesn't look like it's exactly that same phenomena in that probably three-fourths of the deaths and the severe intensive care unit admissions have been in people you would consider high risk. So those with comorbidities or high risk conditions for the elderly. So it has not been the, oh, let's let's just go after the young athlete, which is what uh, it seemed to do in 2009. And in part, that was due to, you're right, the the host immune response. It also was probably due to the fact that uh, we had such a large population who had never seen anything like that before. And there was some evidence that that there was a new receptor that could get down and deeper in the lungs as well. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that would account. So it wasn't just the inflammatory response; it was um, the virus itself as well. well there was, so, a, there was a twofold factor. It was that double hit kind yeah. of thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so what what is your concern though about um, the athletes? Not just the athletes, right? Um, a, you know, a, a large number of people from the United States have gone to Brazil for the Olympics. Are going to be coming back soon. I guess it's good news that the the flu season seems to be you know um, you know waning a little bit. But what, is there any concern from them bringing that, which potentially is a new H one N one strain, and shedding that here in the United States? Well, I I don't think that we had that as big a concern as it was six weeks ago when influenza season was still going strong. They were still adding frequent deaths to their list. And in the last, just about as the Olympics opened, the influenza season moved out of Brazil and moved farther west in South America so that it really was is on the wane there. What always raises concern to public health people is that when you pull together populations from all over the world into one small place like Rio. Right, I, mean, right. I guess it's not that small, but, but you, you figure there are people coming from all different places where influenza has more or less activity. Will we get some strains from other places that get passed on and brought back? But, you know, if you think back to the Australian Olympics, uh, which is the last time there was one in the Southern Hemisphere uh, at this time of year, we did not see that effect. So I'm, I'm hoping that history repeats itself there and we don't have some mix and match unusual strain come out of the yeah. Olympics. Do, do you, I mean, based on the fact that we're so, um, you know, we, we travel so much, we're so connected now, um, is, is that less of a concern for, for different strains coming into, um, you know, a different area? Because it just seems that with, with how we commute and how we travel, that we're sharing more of these viruses, we're, we're being more exposed to them over time. Is that true or is it still a concern um, when you have something like the Olympics where all these people are, are coming together? Well, I think it would be more a concern if you had a brand new pandemic kind of strength, something, at least in the influenza family, that, that would need to be something that we as a population worldwide have not had any previous experience with a cousin or close relative so that we have some partial protection. And that was the big concern in 2009. Uh, it also would be a concern if it was outside of influenza, if, if there was something new. And, and that's what raised the specter of Zika to a higher level for a while until people figured out exactly how it was transmitted. And now we have ways to think in terms of preventing it, uh, it by doing some reasonable things. Although, as, as you've been keeping up with the news, I'm right. sure, along with the rest of us, uh, it is creeping into the U.S. Yeah. Well, so so back to um, influenza, back to, you know, to the community physicians, the frontline doctors, if you will. What's your advice for them? I mean, obviously, they, they're, they're already quite aware of what, you know, looking for the signs of influenza going into any flu season. Should they be more cautious this year? What advice do you have? Well, I think the one thing to put in perspective was, you know, the, the Brazilian government did immunize 50 million people in their country. But they have 240 million people in their country. So that really, if we look at it from that perspective, herd immunity has no chance when only about 40% of your population is immunized. Right, so yeah. it may not be that the vaccine is, is the culprit. It may be that the virus is, and this was just a worse year than usual, because everybody in Brazil was going somewhere to help support the Olympics, and we had a lot more cross-country uh, kinds of travel within Brazil, which is a big country itself. So what, what that leads me to believe is if we could get our own population immunized closer to that 60% level, we've never done that before, 
seen in the pandemic year. But if we could get there, that would provide a better chance for herd immunity so that these vulnerable populations that look to be the ones suffering the most in Brazil could be better protected because they're just not exposed as much because the people who do get responses from the vaccines aren't, aren't getting infected as much. And so that, that protects the less um, immune, robust people amongst us. So my thought is this is a year, given the fact that we know it was worse in Brazil, they, they immunized 20 to 30 percent of the population, uh, maybe a little bit better than that with that big push they had in Sao Paulo. But I think that we need to be more vigilant than ever. And the fact that we don't have the live attenuated is going to make it tougher to sell to kids in some ways. So we've got to be at our best getting people to be immunized with the injectable. Right. Well, Dr. Harrison, a, a lot to think about, and um, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. And I know you're going to stay on top of it as we go into uh, the flu season. Maybe we can have you uh, come back on when we're kind of in the middle of it and just get your opinion on how things are going. Um, and, you know, of course, thanks for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.